You are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. Tonight I've come with an agenda, and here's what my agenda is. I'm looking for one. I'm looking for a young man or I'm looking for a young lady that will fully give themselves to God and allow God to do something through their life. Second Kings chapter number four. I want to ask you if you please, if you're able, stand with me. I know you've been seated for a while and I do know that it's getting windy and you're probably cold, so I won't preach long hour or two at the most. Okay. Second Kings chapter number four. Now let's do this. All the men, I'm going to count to three and I want all the men to say amen. One. I've taught special ed before. It's okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to count to three. I'm going to count to three, and then I want all the men to say amen. Are you ready? One, two, three. Amen. Man, that sounded pretty good. Now all the men do it. Let's count to three. One, two, three. Amen. Oh, yeah. And now here's what you do. You keep doing that. You keep doing that through this. You say, I'm cold. That'll warm you up. There's two reasons why to say amen. When the preaching's good, you ought to say amen. When the preaching's bad, you got to say amen because maybe he'll get done quicker. All right, 2 Kings chapter number 4, verse number 1, and we'll read down through verse number 7. The Bible said, Now there cried a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets unto Elisha, saying, Thy servant, my husband, is dead. Thou knowest that thy servant did fear the Lord, and the creditors come to take unto him my two sons to be bondmen. And Elisha said unto her, What shall I do for thee? Tell me, what hast thou in the house? And she said, Thine handmaid hath not anything in the house, save a pot of oil. Then he said, Go borrow thee vessels abroad of all thy neighbors, even empty vessels, borrow not a few. When thou art come in, thou shalt shut the door upon thee and upon thy sons, and shalt pour out into all those vessels. Thou shalt set aside that which is full. So she went from him and shut the door upon her and upon her sons, who brought the vessels to her, and she poured out. And it came to pass, when the vessels were full, that she said unto her son, Bring me yet a vessel. And he said unto her, There is not a vessel more, and the oil stayed. Then she came and told the man of God, and he said, Go sell the oil and pay thy debt, and live thou and thy children of the rest. Now in our story, this widow woman has a great need. The creditor is knocking at her door. He's demanding that she give her sons to be payment to meet the debt left by her husband. She goes to the man of God, and by the way, I would recommend that's what you do. When trouble comes and when questions arise in life, you don't run from church or from the preacher. You run to church and to the preacher. Elisha gives her a program to follow. He said, go to your neighbors and borrow vessels. Come back and take that pot of oil that's been in your house. You've had it all the while, but take that pot of oil and pour that oil into the vessels. She does. She gets different vessels, brings them to her home, and begins to pour out that oil. I noticed in our Bible the way that it phrases the phrase in verse number 6. Now, I believe everything in our Bible is perfectly positioned and it's there for a reason. You don't mess with your Bible. You don't move things around in the Bible. It's right where God wants it and how He has it. Look what the Bible said in verse number 6. The Bible said there is not a vessel more. And watch this, in response to the lack of vessels, the Bible said, the oil stayed. The Bible does not say this woman ran out of oil and had vessels left over. 
but rather directly connected to a shortage or lack of willing or empty vessels, that oil quit running from the pot. I'm convinced that right now, 2021, while we stand here in Santa Clara, California, that same pot of oil would still be pouring out had vessels been continually brought before it. The lack was not on God's end. The lack was on the woman's end or the vessels that were available. I believe we serve the same God right now that we read about in the Bible. He's not altered. He's not changed. He's the same God. But I do believe we are not seeing God do what God has done. But the problem is not in God. The problem is in a lack of individuals, a shortage of vessels. For a little while this evening, I want to preach on this thought. The vessels ceased and the oil stayed. And I want you to consider tonight giving yourself to God. Lord, I pray that you bless the message tonight. I pray for your power. And God, I pray that you'd help us, Lord, not to hinder or change the spirit of the meeting, but just to fit right in. You've done a work already in the hearts of these young people, I know. But tonight, I pray as we wrap this thing up, that you would do a special, very evident, very obvious work in hearts. There's a lot to be done, but nothing more important than what's about to happen right now. So I pray that we'd focus. I pray the Holy Spirit of God would have liberty to work in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. A preacher from the 1800s made this statement. He said, I need this. Talking about the power of God. He said, I need this. I long for it. I cannot truly represent Christianity without it. And Christ is dishonored by me every day that I don't have it. I'm afraid we live in a day where the power of God has been reduced to the explainable, the mechanical, or maybe even the unimaginable. John R. Rice made the statement, powerless Christianity is not normal. Christianity. But I fear in our day it has become normal Christianity. Many Christians are just content to look back on what God has done. And they study the power of God like it's something for a history book. And they never expect to experience or see that same power in their life or in their ministry today. Ours is an hour where Mount Carmel would be scorned. Ours is a day where Pentecost would be slandered. Ours is a day where they just leave the axe head to rust at the bottom of the muddy river. We try to use programs to make up for a lack of power. We try to use uh, entertainment to hide our lack of spiritual endowment. It seems like the cry of Christianity today is, where is the power of the Lord God of Elijah? They ask, is God dead? Has these dry days dried up as well and parched as spring? Is his storehouse empty? Can there be no more great revival or spirit-filled preachers? Do we just have to limp our way through life and never sing a victory song? Can there be no more spirit-filled Christians or great revivals? Is this all that we're ever going to get to experience? My answer to that line of questioning is always the same. God is still on His throne. God is not diminished. God is not deluded. God is not done. And thank God, God is not dead. I'm convinced revival can still happen. I'm convinced God can still empower a preacher. I'm convinced God can still build a church. I believe that God can still do what God has ever done. But I believe the need in our generation is this. I believe we've seen the oil stay because the vessels have ceased. And tonight what I'm looking for is one young man or one young lady or one adult that would simply present their body to God and say, God, if you've got the oil, you can have my vessel. Here in 2 Kings 4, the Bible focuses on the great preacher Elisha. 
And in this chapter, we see result after result of the power of God resting upon this man and his ministry. If you study out the length of the chapter, there's four or five different evidences of the power of God resting upon this man's life. And what it is, it's a testimony to what God can do with a man that will fully give himself to God for the glory of God. Elisha was the understudy of Elijah. Elijah was his mentor, his aide, and his friend. Elisha got to witness the power of God that rested on that old preacher Elijah. But can I tell you, it encourages my heart to study and find that the same way God used Elijah, thank God he used Elisha as well. There's probably some naysayers that wrote their blogs and got on their Twitter feed and said God's done whenever Elijah dropped his mantle and went up in a flaming chariot to glory. No doubt they said God won't work anymore when Elijah treaded out earth for eternity. But I'm glad to tell you tonight that the same way that God blessed and used the older preacher, we find God blessed and he used the younger preacher as well. Now that might not help you, but can I say that does something for me because I'm trying to serve God in my generation. I want to see God work in my generation. I'm glad for what God has done and I don't think, I don't discredit my heritage but I can't live off of moldy testimonies and I can't live off of moth-eaten memories and I can't live off of what God did yesterday. I need God to be fresh, real, and relevant in my generation and I'm glad that's who our God is. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. It's not just that God worked, it's that God works right now. It's not just that God answered prayer is that he'll answer prayer right now. It's not just that he saved sinners. He'll save sinners right now. It's not just that he sent revival. It's that he'll send revival right now. Yesterday, today, forever. Some may change, but Jesus never. Glory to his name. Here in verse 1 through 7, we find a miracle recorded in the opening verses of this chapter. A widow woman has a great need. Her husband's dead. Her heart is heavy and her purse is empty. She owes a great debt that she cannot pay. Every day the creditor knocks at her door insatiably demanding that she make the payment. He's threatening to take her sons into slavery. I said a moment ago, I like what this woman does. She doesn't run to a shrink nor a therapist, but she runs to the man of God. She goes to Elisha, and Elisha gives her a heavenly remedy for her earthly troubles. He tells this woman to go all throughout town and to knock on every door and to ring every bell and to borrow vessels from her neighbors. Can you see it in your mind? As this woman walks the dusty streets of that Middle Eastern town, she has her sons in tow maybe a donkey dragging a cart they go all over that city she begins to knock on doors and willing hands stretch out over thresholds and offer her vessels some vessels were large some vessels were small some vessels were costly some vessels were cheap some vessels might have been cracked and marred but every vessel that was offered she was glad to receive it I can see as that cart's loaded down with vessels those boys have vessels shoved up under their chin and they go go back to the house and just like Elisha said they shut the door you say why did they shut the door because if God's working you don't have to advertise it God can advertise on his own as we tweet out our meeting but anyway she shut the door 
in her house is a little pot of oil. I can see as they set up an assembly line. I can see as that little widowed lady has that pot of oil and her boys begin to set up the assembly line. One boy brings an empty vessel. She takes that little pot of oil and she pours it out and that vessel's filled to the brim. Here comes another vessel. She takes that pot of oil. It's a miracle and it pours out and there's enough oil for that vessel too. Here comes another vessel and would you know it? Over and over again the house is being filled with vessels filled to the top with oil from that little pot of oil. Suddenly that widowed lady says hey son another vessel and they say mom there's no more vessels in the house and immediately when they ran out of vessels the Bible says that the oil quit running from that pot. Now I want you to notice something. The end of the miracle was not determined by God. The end of the miracle was determined by the reach and the faith of that lady. I guarantee you tonight, if she'd have gotten another vessel, God could have filled it too. If she'd have grabbed a few more vessels, God could have filled them too. God wasn't through until she was through. And I believe tonight as we sit in these tents, that if we could bring that same pot of oil and that vessel's been continually brought before for it, we'd still find there's oil in the pot these many thousands of years later. Now I know what you're thinking, Brother Cooper. The miracle was finished. The debt was paid. God met her need. I know that, but you've got to put up with me for a minute. I'm a little bit of a dreamer tonight. I just have to kind of wonder, don't you think that God could have done more? Don't you think that God could have done greater? Don't you think that God could have blessed in an even bigger way? The Bible doesn't say that God ran out of oil. The Bible said that she ran out of empty vessels. God wasn't exhausted until she had been exhausted. Now, the surface application is simple. A woman had a need. She went to the man of God. She obeyed the word of God, and God met her need. That's exactly the same way it works in your Christian life today. But I believe there's another application we can make if you go just a little deeper than the surface. If you study your Bible, you'll find that in the Bible, oil often is used to represent the Holy Spirit of God. More specifically, oil represents the anointing, the filling, or the empowering of the Holy Spirit of God in the life of a believer. You study your Bible and you'll find that priests were anointed with oil. Kings were anointed with oil. David was anointed with oil. The psalmist was anointed with fresh oil. Even Jesus said, the Lord hath anointed me to preach. So oil often pictures the Holy Spirit or the power of the Holy Spirit of God. Likewise, that word vessel in the Bible is often described to you, to, to, used to describe humanity or individual people. You study your Bible and you'll find Paul is called a chosen vessel. Your body is called an earthen vessel. Romans speaks of vessels of honor and vessels of dishonor. In the parable of the wise and foolish virgins, all of humanity is pictured as a vessel. Now think about it. A vessel is empty. A vessel is hollow. A vessel is something that is made to contain, to carry, or be filled by a foreign substance. Now let me apply. God possesses power unlimited. His power is represented in the oil. Every believer has a body and your body is pictured here 
here in these vessels. Now, every person who is born again has the Holy Spirit, but the Holy Spirit does not have every born again person. Every person that is saved tonight can stand up and say, I am spirit inhabited. I am spirit indwelled. But not every believer can say that they are spirit empowered. There's a big difference in you possessing the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit fully possessing you for the glory of God. It is only as we surrender to the will of God, separate from the world, and live in obedience to the Bible that we can expect to have the fullness of the power of the Holy Spirit of God coursing through our life. Ephesians 5, 18, and be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit, and ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you, and the parched ground shall become a pool, and the thirsty land springs of water, for I will pour water upon him who is thirsty, and floods upon the dry ground. Tonight I'm wondering, where is that preacher that needs a little bit of oil? Where is that singer that needs a little bit of oil? Where's that youth pastor that needs a little bit of oil? Where's that mother that needs a little bit of oil? Where's that father that needs a little fresh oil? Where's that teen boy that needs some oil in his life? Where's that young lady that needs some oil? Can I say the only way to be effective for Jesus is to be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit of God? From Genesis to Revelation, the Bible shows us God desires to display His power among men by giving His power to men. I believe tonight the very same power of God that's recorded in our Bible and that has coursed throughout human history is just as available for Christians in 2021 as it was for Christians in the book of Acts. You can let the years pass, the power's still there. You can let time change, the power's still there. Let dispensation fold into dispensation and God's power is still there. That same power that makes the sun rise, that same power that holds the universe in its orbit, that same power that made man out of dust, that same power that got Jesus out of the grave, that same power that fell on the day of Pentecost is available to every teenage young man and every teenage young lady and every born again person under the sound of my voice. Tonight, God doesn't have any limits. God doesn't set any boundaries. God has no bottom to his barrel. And I believe tonight there's still plenty of old-fashioned power from on high. If somebody get hungry, if somebody get a desire, if somebody get real empty and say, God, I want to be filled. God's not dead. God's not done. God's still where he's always been and we can have his power if you want it. Sometimes I'll drive through the night or I'll fly through the night or sometimes I'll just be at home when we're here and it'll hit me and I'll get a little bit depressed. I got to be honest with you. I scan social media and I go to meetings and preach. That'll depress you. (laughs) Nothing will cure you from being an itinerant preacher than go be one. And I'll drive and think, God, is this all that my generation is ever going to get to see? Is this the only kind of Christianity that we're ever going to get to experience? Have we seen our last Samson? Have we studied our last Paul? Are John the Baptist something from a bygone era? 
Are there going to be no more giants for God? And we just have these spiritual pygmies running around all over the place. I mean, are we never going to have another great church built? Are we never going to see another bus ministry thrive? Are we never going to see a missionary go to the field and win souls to Christ? Are we never going to see prodigals restored? Is this all that we're going to see? But I'm glad to tell you tonight, when I do that, the Holy Spirit of God witnesses to my heart and He encourages me and reminds me that God is not shortened. God is not straightened. God is not through. He just needs a vessel tonight. I'll read about men from the past. I don't read about much men from the present because if, listen, if you read about a men from the present, they might hurt you. But dead men don't do you much harm. So I read about these old preachers already in heaven that finished well. I'll read about A.J. Gordon and I, I'd read about A.J. Gordon and how he prayed and he was praying beside of the platform and a little girl w- went up to the door where he was praying and she overheard A.J. Gordon pray and he said, God, I'll not preach unless you preach with me. I'll not go and unless you go with me. I'll not stand unless you stand with me. And that little girl went back to the crowd and said don't worry the preacher's on his way and he'll be bringing somebody with him. And I read that and thought oh God is A.J. Gordon one in a million? Is A.J. Gordon an exception? Can there not be another A.J. Gordon? And God seems to witness to me and say no he was just blood flesh and bone like you but he gave me his vessel and found out there was still oil in the pot. I read about a man named Billy Sunday. Billy Sunday he'd walk down the road and just murmur talking to God. He didn't close his eyes. He just talked to God like he was standing right next to him. Billy Sunday would open his Bible and he would preach with his Bible open to Isaiah 61.1. The Lord hath anointed me to preach. He'd wear a Bible out just because that one page would have a hole in it because he'd lay his outline there claiming that anointing of God. Millions of people heard him preach. Thousands got saved and I'd read about that and say oh God can we not have another Billy Sunday in my generation can these young men not see a preacher preach like that can we not see cities turned upside down and God seemed to say to my heart oh yes we could he was just a vessel but he gave me his vessel and found out there's still oil in the pot I'd read about John R. Rice how John R. Rice would mumble to the Holy Spirit and he'd pray for power throughout the day I'd read about uh, Dr. Schofield who'd say I shall be anointed with fresh oil is the desire of my life I'd read about men like George Whitfield and Jonathan Edwards and Mordecai Ham and Peter and Paul and Stephen in the Bible. I read about D.L. Moody. I prayed at D.L. Moody's grave yesterday. I was at his grave yesterday and me and another man prayed at his grave yesterday and said, oh God, would you send the power just now for our generation? I don't want to go through the motions. I don't want to be another dead preacher. I don't want to have a dying church. We need some of that in our day. And we prayed for that power. Can I say that power is still available to tonight. You don't have to be mediocre. You don't have to be average. You don't have to be half-cocked. You don't have to be dead. We can be filled with the power of the Holy Ghost of God. We have an hour of drought instead of showers. An hour of famine instead of fruitfulness. We have more churches and more Bible colleges and more conveniences and more technology and less power than ever before. You know why? We have all the machinery, but what we need is men. I think it was Charles Finney. He said, the Holy Ghost does not fall upon machinery. He falls upon men. Not by might or power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. We have a selfie generation, but we need a spirit-filled generation. In these pews tonight, your seats are vessels. In your row, it's just filled with a bunch of vessels. You, in that seat that I'm speaking, you're a vessel. And there's a great work to do for God in our generation. 
But somebody's going to have to get a hunger and a desire to be spirit-filled. It was D.L. Moody who said the Holy Spirit in us is one thing. The Holy Spirit upon us is another. Charles Purgeon said there's nothing like the power of the Spirit. Let it come and everything can be accomplished. Bob Jones Sr. said it takes Holy Ghost unction to make orthodoxy function. And it's time we start praying for some unction to function again. I'm convinced we can still see great things done for God in 2021. I'm convinced that some of you young men can still do right and build a great church someday with the help of the Lord. I'm still convinced that some missionaries can surrender and go to a field like an Adonai Judson or David Brainerd or others, William Carey. I'm still convinced God can do that. I'm still convinced that we could have a bus ministry that's thriving and bring in thousands of young people. I'm still convinced we could have a Sunday school that reached the multitudes. I'm still convinced that we can see revivals like they had in the days of the Great Awakening. I don't think God is shortened and I don't think God is caged in, but we do need a vessel. That's what Abraham was. That's what Noah was. That's what Moses was. That's what Joshua was. That's what David was. That's what Daniel was. That's what Esther was. Just a vessel. It can still happen, but we have to have a vessel. Tonight, I'm like that lady in Luke 15. She looked in that house for a piece of silver. I've not come looking for silver, but I'm looking for a vessel. I'm looking for one young man. I'm looking for one young lady that'll step out from the crowd and say, I'm going to give my all to Jesus. All to Jesus, I surrender. All to him I freely give and ask him for some oil. This woman's in dire straits. She's between a rock in a hard place. She's sitting amongst the broken pieces of what once was a happy home and her need was met through some provided vessels. America tonight is in the same situation. We're sitting in the ashes of defeat piping a a pessimistic swan song. They say, where is the Lord God of Elijah? But I say, where are the Elijahs of the Lord God? We're sitting around a bunch of dead churches and dying ministries and people talk about what God used to do and how God once moved. I say, I don't want a past tense spirituality. I need God to be real in the present. I want God to be real today. And I'm looking for a young man that wants the same and a young lady that wants the same. William Booth said, God shall have all there is of William Booth. Would somebody not sing it tonight? Have thine own way, Lord. Have thine own way. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. We are trying all the tricks of the trade. We need to get back to the trade itself. We try to modernize and market. We try to get uh, spice it up and then tone it down. God just said, no, what you need is the power of the Holy Spirit of God. It's time for a Joseph to get a dream. It's time for an Isaiah to get a vision. It's time for a Jonah to go to Nineveh. It's time for a David to grasp his cause. I'm going to challenge you. Shake yourself again, Samson. Wrestle again, Jacob. Step out of the boat, Peter. Pray on, Paul. Pick up the mantle, Elisha. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. There's hope for our country. There's hope for our churches. There's hope for our children. There's hope for your generation. If somebody would just be a vessel. It was uh, William Carey. Attempt great things for God. Expect great things from God. D.O. Moody said, make your plans big because God is your partner. Can I say God doesn't just have power? 
He's exceedingly able to do abundantly above all that we can ask or think. He has all power. We ought to start planning bigger and dreaming bigger and reaching bigger and step out from mundane and step out from mediocrity and say, oh God, I want some oil. We don't have to be dry. We don't have to be hungry. We don't have to be dead. We don't have to be rusty. We serve the same God. We have the same promises. We read the same Bible. We have the same great commission. We were filled the same spirit. We had to do a work for God in our generation. Jonathan Edwards, a catalyst for the great awakening, prayed three days and three nights before he preached his sermon that sparked that move of God. And he said, Lord, if I gave you Jonathan Edwards, would you give me New England? If I gave you Jonathan Edwards, would you give me New England? You know what God did? God took Jonathan Edwards and gave him New England. What would God do if somebody tonight would say, God, if I gave you myself, would you give me my lost brother? If I gave you myself, could I have my lost sister? If I gave you myself, could I have my youth group for God? If I gave you myself, could I have my parents for God? If I gave you myself, could I have my generation for God? I was preaching, I said at that Moody Auditorium, I told pastor this earlier, D.L. Moody preached to over 100 million people. D.L. Moody saw 1 million souls saved. One of the men saved under his ministry was a preacher named J. Wilbur Chapman. J. Wilbur Chapman preached 60,000 sometimes, saw 300 some thousand people saved. One of those was a man named Billy Sunday. Billy Sunday saw half a million people saved. One of those was named Mordecai Ham. Mordecai Ham turned the south upside down, stood hard against liquor and sin. But you trace all those men back to a fellow you never hardly heard of named Edward Kimball. Wasn't a preacher, wasn't a missionary, just a Sunday school teacher, just a layman. But you know what he was? A vessel. Tonight it doesn't matter who you are, doesn't matter what you've done, doesn't matter where you're from, doesn't matter your skin color, your age, if you're saved, you're a candidate for the power of God on your life. And tonight I want to beg you, would you get a hunger for more than just status quo? And say, God, if I give you my vessel, can I have some more help? Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.